Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new edition of the Hold That Podcast. Podcast, Denmark's favorite LSU-based football podcast. Uh, that's right, not to brag, but I got a little Gmail this morning, Mr. Brody Miller, and uh, it told us that we have been sele- that, that we have made the top 150 sports podcast chart. I was so incredibly excited, and then my excitement level got bumped up even more when I figured out that it was specifically Denmark's that's our, top that's 150. Our, that's our market. I mean, yep. I don't, you know, no, no one likes the guy who likes to boast or make a big deal. You know, you, know, you usually want to play it cool when you achieve your dreams. But this is one of those things where it's like we got into this business for one thing. Yep. Give Denmark, give Scandinavia as a whole. Yeah. You know, the, the LSU podcast coverage they deserve. So for us to come in and achieve that in, what, six months? It was my original mission statement. When no, we, when when you reached out you, to me. You're like, yeah. I, got, I got an opening. You said Norway, but we'll get there. It's, yeah. it's okay. Look. Uh, that was your thing. Rome, I'm a Denmark guy. Rome wasn't built in a day. Now there was Scandinavian um, podcast coverage. Yeah, exactly. So uh, if you are listening from Norway, I really backed you all in the kind of creation of this show. So if you can maybe juice us up a little bit. I'd be really appreciated. Uh, And if you're listening in America, it's not that we don't like you. It's just that this show maybe isn't necessarily fully for you. That said, feel free to rate and review if you enjoy. Quick, quick, quick follow up. Do we think that means that Denmark liked The Last Jedi? Uh, I mean... Obviously, I would yes. assume it's it's a country, They're a chill country. It's a country of taste and <laughs> refinement, <laughs> and um, are we alienating our other European countries? Happiness value. Uh, I mean, aren't like all those Scandinavian countries like the best place to live? I mean, I guess it, yeah. Denmark's like the happiest country on earth. Yeah, it yeah. turns out it's really easy to be happy when you only have like a few thousand people. And they and, like, don't like. There's so many things like they don't have homework, and everybody has situation a, yeah. same cultural background. Yeah, yeah, it's so easy to get along. <laughs> no, but here's the question though: Should we double down on Denmark and Scandinavia, and like just say screw the rest of Europe? Or should we try to broaden our Europe attack? No, look, look. I don't well, want to fight the war on too many fronts. That's I all don't want to get no. Yeah, you're you're making a classic Hitler move here. Okay, <laughs> you got to chill out. Some, no, not no, the first time I've heard that. No land wars in Asia. Okay, whether it's Napoleon, Hitler, it's got them all at one point or another. The only guy that got it done was Genghis Khan. Neither me nor you are Mongolian, so We're I think not. the obvious answer here. We have to start with Scandinavia. Start there. And yeah. once we've hit all top 150 charts in Scandinavia, then we can move into Western Europe we or got, we can move east. I mean, I'm going to build up our Navy west. at that point. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, welcome in to the Hold That Podcast podcast. Um, we are back. Uh, remember, so Brody Miller from The Athletic. What's up? Uh, if you if you don't know, if you just joined us for the first time, welcome in. Uh, Brody writes The Athletic. You should subscribe to The Athletic, it is the best. Sports site out there right now, and it's not even close. And um, I host a radio show, and you should buy all your specialty meats from A Bear Specialty Meats in Bocage. So, you want some stuffed chickens? You already know where to go. And we're selling crawfish now. So, uh, hit that up. All right, Brody. Didn't look like we were going to have any news. We got saved. Um, it's, it's been this long thing of like every week, it's like we're going to hit a week soon. Where we're screwed on what to talk about. Yeah, but even then, you know, we'll bullshit around. And maybe we don't do an hour on those weeks. But this is something that I've thought about a lot. And it's funny because I was actually thinking about this yesterday before I saw this news. I've just been putting it off, though. Yeah, no. And and I I figured that maybe because you're kind of a rookie and I'm like the old salty vet in this business. And I'm just kind of showing you (sighs) the ways and showing you the ropes and everything. You've shown me nothing. Um, The... The news cycle will provide. Yes. With something as big as LSU, it always does. So we give thanks unto the heavens uh, because the news cycle has once again provided. And 
the passing game coordinator, is now set. Uh, Scott Linehan has been chosen. Gr- speaking of grizzled vets. For the LSU passing game uh, coordinator. And, and I think we're on two different wavelengths a little Which bit here. Which is fun because so we rarely, we, I don't think we disagree. I just think I have like a little more skeptical than you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and 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 but but then we also sometimes have the problem of both being so open to things that then we kind of don't disagree a lot. So maybe yeah. today we'll get into. Some I want to disagree. We're yes. due. Our our fans deserve it. I agree, uh, especially because I will smash all of your dumbass points that you try to make. T Bob, you're like idiot. 0 for four on like hills. You really no, try to die no, on with me. Whenever no, you really set your feet no. on an argument, you almost always lose. Whether it's democracy no, or John Favreau. No, no, no. Those or- were tied together. Those were tied together. No, they okay. weren't. They were. They thought they were tied together. Yes. Remember, we closed they were like a the, month apart. We closed the John Favreau argument. Oh, uh, right. yeah, you won this one. Yeah, you yeah. questioning. That's the, not. You said so. Yeah. Anyway, uh, point being, I've won every argument that we've <laughs> ever had. Almost never won. And I'm gonna win again today. Okay, so I'll do the opening <laughs> statement. Go for it, buddy. Even I'll let. So I'll let you have the ability to rebut. All right, thanks. Uh, because the interesting to Scott Linderhand hire has been very intriguing. It has, and people have not liked it. And I actually used what you told me on the podcast last Ooh. week in order to support my point. <laughs> Don't play. Uh, what What did you tell me? What did you tell me? You told me the worst mistake you can be do is be married to a template. Absolutely. Right? Agreed. And I was like, wow, that's really smart. And here I am talking about how I want like young, innovative, blah, blah, blah. And that's the real thing is you don't want to be married to a template. And so what I la- after you told me that, when I thought about it more, what I landed on was like, okay, what, I, what I'd rather look at than then the type of person, like rather than look at the actual person the type of person that they're hiring and age and also like, I want to look at, do I agree with the coaching search parameters? And at least in what they laid out publicly, what they said, I was in full support, right? When he talked about, we want someone who's going to continue to innovate and evolve this offense a bit. We want someone who understands the spread, understands this offense and can come in and add to it. Right. And, and not, 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 not wholesale philosophy change, not something completely new, yeah. somebody they can add. And so I should be clear about this, and I'll preface it with this. Because I agreed with the parameters and because I have trust in Ogeron's ability to hire, not that he's hit on a 100% rate because he hasn't, but he's made some no. really good ones like McMahon and Bush and James, James Craig. Craig and, and, when he, and when they have missed, they've cut bait. Like They've, they've avoided sunk cost fallacy Fair. and all that. Absolutely. Uh, so if I agree with the parameters and I – I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on them judging the person to fit those parameters, then I was really honestly probably going to support whatever hire was made because that's the guy they landed on. And so even though in my head we were talking last week because that's when I kind of had to take a step back and be like, yeah, I'm full of shit. Because I was talking about how I want young, I want young, I want young, all of a sudden you're like, well, you know, don't be married to a template. Okay, you're right. And so this hire – if, if if they sat through all these different interviews that they did and they, they, they talked to the guy from the Rams and all this sort of stuff, like they, they talked to all these different guys, and if they felt that Linehan was the one that matches the parameters that I agree with, I find that hard to dispute. And, and, and then there's just a baseline fact that your passing game coordinator, which is not like an especially okay. important job, is now a guy with NFL head coaching experience, a ton of like quarterback experience. So... Yes, I, I I think it's a good hire, not even as much because of Scott Linehan, yeah. but because I like the process of how they landed there, and I'm trusting in their talent evaluation. Well said. So, <laughs> no, I think my take, I could sum it up pretty quickly, I think. 
Oh wow! Okay. It feels like a bit of a slap in the face. It wasn't but, meant uh, to be, but but continue. You no, know, that's more me knowing. That it's so rare that I can actually be concise. <laughs> Decent thing. So yeah. it's like I, <laughs> I simultaneously think it is fair to criticize Scott Linehan's recent offenses. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not saying. I don't, <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I know last thing I want to say. I'm not saying that you can't be critical. You can. This is where my head's at. Personally. Yeah, I think it is very fair to criticize his offenses of the last few years and how he hasn't really evolved. You can think that, but still also return to the point of this guy is still ridiculously qualified for a passing game coordinator position. Yeah. Overqualified. Overqualified. That is the, my succinct point is that, okay, do I think Scott Linehan would be a good offensive coordinator for LSU? I would probably criticize that pretty heavily. I, but it's this thing of we got to remember that, and that's how I think so much of what I wrote about today on The Athletic was the scale of how we view an LSU assistant hire has changed dramatically. Mm. Is that two years ago, we weren't judging the Jerry Sullivan passing game coordinator slash receivers coach hire that strongly. We weren't like, man, I don't know if that's the right guy for this. Like, we- and, and you know what's funny? And just so y'all are all clear, I'm that's a big egg on my face situation because I supported the Sullivan hire. What I didn't realize at the time... I didn't know um, at least that year as they were forming that offense. I didn't know how much input Jerry Sullivan was actually going to have, and his takes on what a passing offense should have been were way off. They were way too old school. Like I thought, yeah, man, he's got all this experience. He can really get the most out of these receivers. Yeah. but that translated to him. No, putting, he, did, he did a lot with the receivers. No, no, no. Oh, yes, he. And no, that's, I'm but sorry. The, no, no, you're off. right. Yeah. No, but that needs to be added because that's lost in the shuffle. Because his actual technique training of receivers was great, his scheme was garbage. Yeah, he wanted to run seven man protections and just feature like Justin Jefferson, yeah. and it just and it it's and a so, '90s way of football yes, offense. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and, and yeah. I, didn't so even, I was wrong. I was wrong. I'm no, And I didn't even want to. I didn't. The point of me bringing that up wasn't to focus on what we think of Jerry Sullivan. It's to say that like nobody was judging a passing game coordinator hire of Jerry Sullivan that intensely. Yeah, it was like, oh, it's an assistant. It's a veteran guy. Good call. The scale has changed now because Joe Brady turned out to be this wonderkin 29-year-old hotshot. and all this- wunderkin, but wunderkin. Is it really? Uh, I, I think it's a German word. I don't know. I've, uh, always, uh, I've always said wunderkin. I like it. I, I'll do that because that way you're playing it safe and like you can pretend you're kidding. Yeah. If it's wrong. No, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's right. I'm pretty smart. Buddy. I'm just saying it's a win-win. Um, <laughs> this is how we break into Germany, by the way. I just started our Western <laughs> expansion. Started it on my own executive call. Because I have a lot of Turkish humor coming later in the show. Oh, you hear that, Istanbul? (laughs) You're next. So, yeah. Okay, so nobody was judged, but then Joe Brady comes in, and it's this hot shot 29-year-old hire, and obviously he exceeded what we thought that role would be, and you know he basically was co-OC, if we're being honest with ourselves, and helped Mm -hmm. orchestrate maybe the best offense college football history. So suddenly our scale of what we think this job is is probably skewed, and all of a sudden we're thinking that like the way we're replacing literally Joe Brady. First off, that's not a fair metric. Clearly, this was a flash in the pans on the right way, but a perfect storm. Just things worked out perfectly. We talked about it. The triumvirate, the the Brady and Zminger triangle was yeah. And then then the only way you set records like they did is if just everything falls into (laughs) place. So. That's it worked perfectly. And suddenly everyone's viewing it as you're replacing Joe Brady. That's not really how that works. And all of a sudden we're looking at the pass game quarter as if they're hiring another offensive coordinator because we know that's what Brady kind of was. And they did say like red zone and third downs, <laughs> yeah. he's going to have to yeah. be a huge part of those, yeah, like Brady was. Absolutely. Yeah, you said that on your show this morning, plugged off the bench. Shout out. <laughs> that that little show that goes on in the morning sometimes. And- hey, that's the thirteenth best mid market morning show in the nation, according to Barrett Sports Media Group, Brody a bitch. Okay. I just want to see how you react to that. Pay some divvies. No, I actually have to be nice because I've been surprised how often Jordy plugs us on your show. 
Yeah. That meant a lot to me. What, so, the athletic or the hold that podcast? The hold the podcast. podcast. Oh, like, yeah. Whenever I come on, he starts with that. And I'm like, wow, didn't expect that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So I think now we all view it a little unfairly when in reality we're forgetting that L- LSU just hired a guy who has been an NFL head coach and NFL <laughs> offensive coordinator for upwards of 20 years to be an assistant to a college offensive coordinator. Yeah. So it's like no matter what you think of his offense, that is a ridiculous overhire for a pass game coordinator. And think about where Joe Brady was when he got hired. He was yes. the quality control coach and, for the New Orleans Saints. And nobody was speculating too much on that hire and, either. Okay, and, and so here's the deal. If it came well, later. We, we talked about no template, right? If we're going no template and if we're just trusting talent evaluation, they knew Joe Brady was their guy after that presentation. Yeah. From talking to the people, they knew Scott Linehan was the guy after the presentation. Now, maybe you're wrong. None of this to say you're going to be 100% successful because there is nothing more sketchy than talent evaluation. People spend millions of dollars trying to draft a player in the first round and they still fuck up. You go. You spend millions of dollars in a coaching search, and the guy just still isn't a fit, or or he does this wrong or this wrong. None of this is going to be one hundred. And you know what? Scott Linehan may be operating under impossible conditions because the offense is going to take a step back next year, no matter what. Even if Scott Linehan's the greatest coach in the world, it's yeah. going to take a step back next year. So I don't know if we'll ever get like a a, a fully rational view. Of of, of 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 I don't I don't know how people are going to react to next season, uh, but but yeah. like I said, the same talent evaluators that plucked Brady and knew that was their guy felt that same way about Linehan through this process. The only question I'd ask is, and I'm not even sure I believe this. I'm just asking. Yeah, is you're ta- you're talking about how they haven't been going template and that you're admiring them for that, and I'm not sure they did. But at the same time, it has been pretty clear the whole time. They were pretty dead set on going NFL. And yeah, they, they, they didn't say NFL a lot. And they kind of stuck to that, whether it be young or old. Uh, again, I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying I do think they kind of did stick to a template. Um, hmm, hmm. I think it's hard. I, to, I get your point. I, I think, agree I with think it. it. I think it's hard to say they stuck to a template, though, when your two hires are Joe Brady and Scott Linehan. Like, if the common yeah, denominator is they're in the NFL, like, Yes, they they were both in the NFL, but coaching's as incestuous a business as it comes. Like they'll fuck each other more than Jamie and Cersei and all those guys. So it's it, okay. That reference is a little unwieldy. It didn't really land. I apologize. I thought it worked out. I was, was actually okay with thing. it. I criticized I your references have, a lot. That was I thought I was okay with that. I should have actually referenced the fact that all of uh, pornography nowadays is all incest. A lot of incest porn. And I have for no sure. idea why. It's all over the place. It took over. But basically, porn is like the NFL now. It might be the read option, though. Like, you know, it might be like a flash of the pan. Exactly. And so hey, let's say you're hiring someone for a new adult film. And yeah, okay, this person was in a stepmother, stepbrother pornography. And this person was in a step cousin, stepfather pornography. So, yes, they're both in incest porn. But but that doesn't that doesn't mean that you're hiring from a template, right? You like this guy because you're looking for an older gentleman that's you know well endowed, and he. I've lost I've lost the thread here. I, like I gotta <laughs> I gotta stop. I thought it was I, pretty good. I have um, no idea. Yeah, but the question. My point being is just that. Look, I don't know. No, it's and, hard to say it's a template when yeah. you go from Brady to. We'd Lynn. have to like really talk Those to Ocheron himself. Yeah, is that all I'm saying? Is like what was he really looking for the whole way? But anyway, but then we have to get into the next question, which is okay. As much now, as much, I'm going to basically argue with myself here. Is that I was basically saying he is overqualified for this assistant to the coordinator position. And I think it's a great hire if you look at it from that point of view. But we also have to use recent history and what Ojan even said in your show this morning is that 
we kind of, we know that Ensminger doesn't have a big ego with this stuff. We know Ensminger is willing to concede a good amount of, I don't know if power is the right word, but a good amount of, you know, autonomy and I guess like yeah. creative input. Autonomy is a good word. <laughs> into the offense. So you know that if we're going off what Brady did and this guy being even more qualified, it's probably safe to assume Linehan will have a solid fingerprint on the offense. So that's when you have to actually start diving into what we think of his offenses. And listen, I'm not somebody who likes to get into sp- – like I don't want to judge somebody by one year, especially when he's been doing this for as long as he has. But you look at the way he left Dallas. I mean, his own players were criticizing his offenses, saying – like his pl- they were the players were talking publicly about how – Opposing teams knew exactly what the plate, where the ball was going before the ball was snapped, and how ev- it was so predictable. Their own players were coming out and saying that, and every columnist and reporter in Dallas was basically saying like Linehan needs to go, and that's always more complicated. You don't know how much Gar- Jason Garrett was hamstringing him, and you know, kind of putting a leash on him, not letting him do what he wanted to do. He also, working in a new quarterback, <laughs> working in a new quarterback. There's always more complicated things than we realize, but it is kind of there's an interesting parallel here of. Why, I understand why they ran the ball like they did. The Cowboys, for a, at least a few years of that stretch, had the best offensive line I can remember seeing, honestly. That was a elite offensive line. Ezekiel Elliott, DeMarco Murray, you're going to run the football. Yeah. I don't blame yeah, you for What about that. 2011 LSU? They had this center guard, T-Bob Bear. Played right guard, played a left Average guard, played podcast host, but yeah, good yeah, blocker. Hell, <laughs> hell of a blocker. football player, bro. <laughs> and... I was going to say that's the parallel actually I was going to make. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> is that, you know, and it kind of got in a trick of, well, we have this talent, why not overpower people? Instead of, and while they did that and they got away with it for a while, I think modern football kind of passed them by those last few years, which is not that different to the Les Miles era where, you know what, they got away with bully ball for a long time because they were so good at it. Mm-hmm. And no one, I'm not going to criticize Les Miles for sticking to that for a long time, but eventually modern football passed LSU by and that's why he ultimately got fired. So I, I, I will say this. Um, if, if we are talking about what the player said in lieu of his exit, I there is a Dak Prescott quote that is very favorable to Linehan. Uh, this is what he told reporters when Linehan was fired. Quote, I appreciate Coach Linehan. I don't know if words can honestly express it, what he has meant to me, getting me here, what he's meant for the first three years of my career. I'm so thankful for him. I wish him well. Maybe that means they had nothing better than a better relationship, but just do with what you will. Like, that's yeah. a quote. My and 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 this is where I don't know if I'm just trying to support my own point. <laughs> I I, I, I admire your self awareness. I think that. there's validity here, but I still don't know. Like, mm, I, I guess the problem with this is you could really use it in any situation. Here, here is the dirty truth: is that I'm not watching <laughs> Scott Linehan film, and I'm not right? I, and, and, and right. I'm not watching Scott Linehan film. I don't know. What he did, like I had somebody tell me this morning, he's not going to bring anything new to the offense. Yeah, we don't know. Fuck, no. bitch. How do you know that, bitch? You 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 watch twenty seventeen Cowboys film? You watch twenty eighteen? You look at the difference there, and did yeah, you know the 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 Miles Brennan to 05 yeah. Dolphins Gus Farrat parallels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, did did you go and were you with Linehan this last season when he didn't work? When he claims that he just like you know tried to study and evolve himself and 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 look at the new kind of leading offensive philosophies. No, and here's the other thing: Do you know what Joe Brady did to make them so successful last year? I. I, I, I talked about Joe Brady for hours and hours of my life. I talked about this <laughs> offense for hours upon hours of my life. I watched every game film. I don't really know. I have the barest 
faintest understanding of how Joe Brady was so cutting edge and had so much success last year. And so, to me, it's just, I, again, this is where I kind of fall back on, and this is where I don't know if I'm just trying to make my own argument or whatever. And I'm not trying to be too reductive, but, like, yeah, I fall back on kind of trusting the decision makers who are watching that film and paying attention to those philosophies and understand them inside and out. And 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 it's because and the reason why I feel like I can trust them is because some of the other hires that have ended up being very good and and so that's that's not to say that like don't talk about football because you'll never really get it or anything. No. I'm just saying don't be someone who's out there making don't blindly throw out opinions. Yeah, well, don't don't make like super declarative statements. Maybe like he's he's not going to bring anything new to the offense. Like like yeah, maybe he won't. But what's the fear? That he's going to come in and you're going to be running the power like power toss again like that ain't happening. They are a no, spread yeah. team, and, and there's spread team to stay. So, and I'll agree with you there. That's what I would say is that as much as we talk about you know like they're losing Brady and all that, all of what Brady brought is still there. You know, like Brady's leaving and you're mo- you're losing that mind, I guess, on like a day to day basis, and that hurts. But everything that he brought, the schematic knowledge, the, the updating of this offense, the playbook, that's all still LSU's. Like, yeah. that's there. They're not losing that. And now they're bringing another guy with another set of ideas to kind of, and Ojan even said that at his signing day press conference. We're looking for different ideas. We're looking for things that can add to our already great offense. So it's it's not like you're forgetting what's happened. You're adding what Linehan brings. And, and he told you this morning, one of the big appeals was him, was his expertise on third down in the red zone. Yeah, I looked it up to see how he did, and in his five years with the Cow... And by the way, because Joe Brady called third down the red zone. Ed Ogeron's admitted that. And LSU became... I don't think they ended up the number one technically red zone offense in the country, but I think in most practical terms, they were probably the best red zone offense in the country. Yeah, they were great. (laughs) And you look at his five years in Dallas, and it's a little up and down, but in three of his five years in Dallas, they were number two, number five, and number seven in the, in the NFL in touchdown percentage in the red zone. Oh, well. They're down the other two years. They were and ne- having a great running game, obviously. So, but yeah. I was going to say, because the other two years, they were number 30, number 26. So there's a little up and down. I'd also go back to a thing I think is worth pointing out that benefits, that, that will back up both the skeptics and the believers here, is that he was you know, five years in Dallas. His offensive DVOA, which you know I love talking about SP plus with uh, with college football. Adjusted, it's opponent adjusted. <laughs> it's a heavily opponent adjusted, really smart NFL football outsiders metric. And his okay, his 2014 and 2016 offenses were number four and number three in the NFL. They were among the best in football. Even his 20, his even his 2017 offense was number ten. Three of his five years, he had great offenses. But the other two years, he was number 31 and number 24. So he's just kind of been up and down in Dallas, which a lot of factors go into that. There were some years where he had, like, no receivers. There's a lot that factors in, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm just saying I think history shows he didn't really evolve much. Yeah, well, um, well, 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 as far as the evolution goes, yes, I can't sit here and stump for him, right? We'll see. We'll have to see. They said, that's the thing, the parameters they let out, they said they wanted innovative. They said they wanted someone who understood the system and can add something new. And if they believe that's the guy, I'll support him right now. Now we just got to see it. So we're not going to know. Maybe spring ball starts to give us a little taste of what wrinkles he's had. What's interesting, though, you yeah. mentioned him being overqualified. Now, what, what did, did you see anything? So have you heard about the three analyst hires, Russ yeah. Calloway, Carter Sheridan, Tyler Tettleton? Yeah. <laughs> so what's interesting is, like, their resumes – or like Joe Brady's they were, are. right? So it's like Long DJ Mangus. So now now because like that passing game coordinator position was so sought after, you were able to get somebody overqualified, but kind of lost in the shuffle of the Linehan news. 
is that you added young guys who you would theoretically think, you know, once again, I'm not going to hold anybody like a Joe Brady standard, but you added similar young guys who who understand the the modern spread and and, and can potentially give you some ideas yeah. as well. No, I'm glad you said that. I made sure to put that in my piece too, is that it is a funny thing where we're kind of, I think what works so well about what LSU does right now is that they do have this, what, 12, 13 analyst staff, and there's a mix there. It's a mix of you have your your older you know veteran guys, your Mark Hudson with the O-lines or on defense, your Kevin Coyle types, you, or George Munoz before is kind of an example. Like, you had those guys. But you mix in your DJ Menguses or your, you know, I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to think of other guys. Oh, uh, Brad Cragthorpe was there two years yeah. ago. Or, and now you add your Cal- Russ Calloway, your, your, uh, your Tyler, Tyler Tettleton. Tettleton. Thank you. Who Tyler Tettleton <laughs> had, like, has a very similar path to Brady even in that he GA'd at Oklahoma and yep. then was quality control of the Browns. Now, obviously, you know, that's not learning <laughs> under Sean Payton on the NFL level. But, no, it's uh, a similar path. But, but yeah, but, but and he, he has learned a, other very and he has good the pedigree. And, yeah, so, I mean, your, yeah, the point is you have a mix of old and young and new ideas, and those analysts aren't going to be guys coaching people on the field, but they are still bringing a lot from a scheme point. They're scheme, They're scheme guys. Scheme. They're, they're all those things. You're going to have a mix of ideas there. I guess the question is, though, like how much – I bet there's a power structure of how much you really listen to certain, yeah, you know, like, no. like how much is Russ Calloway walking in and being like, "Hey, Steve, and, I gotta and, play for you," and and that's where I hope that Linehan, because because that is one thing about last year's LSU offense is that outside looking in, it did seem to be a very collaborative environment, and that was led by Steve Ensminger, and and so I hope that Linehan is going to be willing to collaborate and be open in the same ways because like some people want to compare to the cam cameron hire and the reasons why it's not like the cam cameron hire are so many and oh, we yeah. could get into him if we really want to um and i understand the parallel i understand i, it, I understand how you land it's there misguided. but it, yes it's a little reductive if, yeah. if you look a little closer at, at how these handles are but i mean the, the old infamous story cam cameron is he walks in there day one and he tells the team, he draws a circle on the board, and he tells the team, yep. this is what you know about football. And then he draws a way bigger circle around that circle and says, this is what I know. That attitude, if Linehan brings that attitude, get him the fuck out of here. Like, bottom line, like get him out of here. Because last year there was collaboration, there was an openness of ideas, and that led to success. That was a huge overreaction to dropping your phone just now, by the way, too. Like, huge. Massive. That's more of you a... You looked furious? <laughs> you, you threw your fists? That's... <laughs> like, Arthur. That's me just knowing I drop things all the time, and it's like it just an, it's an internal mm. disappointment in myself. Yeah. Of like, how do I do this? I'm a sorry. clumsy. I drop at least a full glass of water once a day. That's... There's no way that's true. Oh, that that's clear. So, I mean, it's... That is so aggressively shitty I would of say you. upwards of three days a week, I drop a full glass oh of water. Oh, my God. But I would say at least once a day, once a day, at least on average, I have some general clumsiness screw-up, whether it be cracking a phone or spilling a glass of water or just something in that realm. There will at least once a day. <laughs> once a day, you just crack somebody's phone. You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> like, okay, you're right. Maybe it was a clumsy. Day. Maybe it was a clumsiness <laughs> that I grabbed your phone and threw it. Maybe that was just a reflection of me. Oh, but. man. So, yeah, look, uh, the, the same way that me and Brody collaborate to put together the top 150 sports podcasts in Denmark, um, I hope that Linehan is willing to collaborate and, as well. And I'm really interested to see just like, and this is more just me pure speculation, you know, what DJ Mangus's role can be in the in the in the future, you know, because he's somebody who 
was Joe Brady's saw, yeah. best friend, pretty much, at least in Baton Rouge, and really close guy with him. Was the youngest OC in the FBS and the FCS at 27 years old at William and Mary. He was the office coordinator. Oh, went I really didn't even mention he did. Kind of got lost in the shuffle. And, and it went really poorly at William and Mary, but but still, he's somebody who rose up really fast. Came to LSU. All reviews have been he he was pretty you know he had a solid impact last year. Also, if anybody's <laughs> going to understand. You know, and that's what, what, I was what say. Joe Brady was doing. That's it's his best friend. You're getting to my point, man. Oh, my bad, dude. I it's okay. I step, on my bad. I step on yours quite often. Nah, it's all good. <laughs> but yeah. Because we're friends. Alley-oops. Um, yeah, so I think he's somebody who very much knows Joe Brady's scheme prob- as, as well as anybody can help bring those ideas. He's still a young, successful guy. I think that, that I'm just interested to see what he can do if he has a higher, you know, a higher role as an analyst, for example, things like that. All right, yeah. And then DJ also with, you know, some... Having the familiarity with the staff already, his voice would probably carry uh, a little more weight going into this year. No, absolutely. Uh, I'm surprised. So, yeah, I guess I didn't think about it. He didn't end up – I guess I just assumed he was going to I think he looked Brady. at some things. I just don't think anything really worked out. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, sorry, let me type something real quick. Um, all right, so I don't know. I feel like I've said my piece on the Linehan hire. Do you have anything else that you want to add? <sighs> I think you know. Just I'm interested to see you know what role he can have in, his de- in the development of Miles Brennan. Because as much as we again, things I'll go to is whether or not you think he did great work with these quarterbacks. The list of quarterbacks he's worked with is pretty lengthy. When you go from Dante Culpepper to uh, Matthew Stafford to well, Mark Bolger and Trent Green. Are the numbers not Tony good? Romo? Well, did. I know the Mark Bolger one didn't work out. I guess um, Culpepper did okay with him. Didn't wasn't like it wasn't the, the elite '98 type seasons or anything like that before he got there. Uh, Tony Romo did. Pretty well with him, but got hurt a lot. Dak obviously blew up with him. Stafford, yeah, I think he gets credit. He deserves credit for what he did in Detroit because the first two years he was in Detroit, that was the beginning of their rebuild, the Jim Schwartz era. They were one of the worst offenses in the NFL for two years, yeah. and then those third and fourth years, you know, Calvin Johnson, Stafford, all that started to click. They were a top ten offense, made the playoffs. And then year five went back downhill, and he got fired. But yeah, so he he deserves credit for helping to build that team up and. Obviously the other thing the- is, if you coach in the NFL long enough, you're going to get fired a bunch. It's yeah. also just uh, kind of comes with the territory. Um, it's fascinating. I, I guess I, I just, I'd assume that his. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'd assume that <laughs> his track this, record with quarterbacks was maybe a bit better than it actually is. But we'll see. We'll see what he does with Miles Brennan then. <laughs> Um, so and here's actually my, my one of my top questions, and it's something I'm really interested in. Is that, and it's something I've been wanting to write about this spring. Is that I think we were seeing it was going to start with the 2021 class, but it was that LSU is changing the way it evaluates quarterbacks and recruiting. Is that I think they were getting away from looking for things like tools and all that, and like tangibles and all that. Like I think they did that for a long time, like looking for a project. And I think most smart football programs are realizing. You probably can't find. It's not probably that smart to try to recruit projects anymore at quarterback. Yeah, you need somebody who can make decisions already. Who's the footwork type things are down, and then you can teach them scheme and things like that, and they can catch up. But you know, you want it, it's less about arm strength and all that kind of stuff, and it's about decision making. And Joe Burrow is a great example. It's all but, accuracy and decision. Yeah, that's really all that matters anymore. And I think the Joe Brady era was moving LSU into the future in that that sense. In 2021, you see it in the Garrett Nussmeyer and Caleb Williams types that they're recruiting now are a little less of those, like, tools guys. So what's interesting also— I'm just curious if that continues, is all I'm saying. One, one, one thing to uh, point out as well uh, from talking to people is that I feel like LSU really now has a higher bar on the personality that they want their quarterback to have. Yep. Like, they want a guy who is, like— 
you can't be getting in any trouble. Like, you can't be missing any class. Like, you have to be the full-on Joe Burrow lead-by-example type of guy. That's going to be a big test for 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 Miles Brennan. Is he uh, is he there yet? You mentioned Nussmeier. I'm getting out. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking for Ooh, fun fact. Here. You know who his, da- his dad was a quarterback coach for? Head yep. coach Scott Linehan. There you go. That's yeah. Is that what you were getting at? That, yep, I yep. actually didn't see that. Comment. No, we're good. We're good. <laughs> so Linehan was the wide receivers coach. This comes from my guy Ruben Patel. Um, Linehan was the wide receivers coach at Idaho, and their quarterback was Doug Nussmeyer. And then when Linehan was the head coach of the Rams, the quarterback coach was Doug Nussmeyer. And then Linehan and Nussmeyer both coached with Saban somewhere along the line. I don't know where. Five and, Dolphins. Uh, yeah, and then and then now uh, Nussmeier's son maybe uh, being recruited. Yeah, we'll be interested to see if Nussmeier's the main target. I mean, I think Caleb Williams is probably the main target, but yeah, Nussmeier's probably the next guy. Um, yeah, so that's 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 all I have on Scott Linehan. One, uh, so so also like you know when, when you talk to people, they 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 uh, if, if we talk to somebody from the program, they you know they they're going to give you the best um, pitch on every hire, right? Of course. And my favorite. Overly optimistic pitch is the Carter Sheridan hire, where because he was with he's with the Saints forever, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then specifically during those like Jimmy Graham domination years, and so the pitch there is that they knew how to make Marcus Colston and Jimmy Graham work, and you're gonna bring that over to a little Jamar Chase and Eric Gilbert. Interesting. Oh, you ready for a little but, Eric Graham? How big of a son? I know, like you're. Gonna, I know your counter already is going to be like Carter you... Sheridan is going to devise every tight end route <laughs> that is going to be run in this offense. Yeah, I'm Brody. like, wasn't Carter Sheridan the assistant receivers coach? Chill out. I'm just okay, saying. that's not the point. Wasn't Joe Brady a quality control? I, see, I literally. <laughs> I love that that can just be what people say forever now. <laughs> Any hire ever, it's like, wow, so we hired my fourth grade teacher to be the O-line coach, if and you, it's like, well, have you heard about Joe Brady? If you, yeah, exactly. If you want to shit on someone for being overqualified, you bring up Joe Brady. If you want to justify someone being underqualified, you bring up Joe Brady. Joe Brady ruined hiring in, uh, in Louisiana for the next two I mean, decades. I he really did fuck with, like you pointed out earlier, he fucked with the perspective of everybody on these hires. Like, Absolutely. First of all, this guy know, doesn't even wear cool shoes. <laughs> oh God, he did have uh, Joe. Definitely, it was. I found Joe to be a pretty intimidating character. Not like like physically intimidating, but just one of those guys who. And I went eight with him one time and talked to him a little bit here or there. But just one of those guys. Who, he's like, a cool guy. He's like, like you're a bitch. I'm the fucking man. I'm just like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're you're right. You're absolutely right. The glasses are the real fuck you touch. Yeah, yeah, it's, I know, I know. Being an alpha while wearing those those glasses, yeah, it was well done. We're gonna miss Joe Brady. Enjoy. Yeah, I think you and Matt Rule are gonna do cool things in Carolina, uh, but it's okay because we got Scott Linehan now, uh, which Brody's been watching the film, and so he gave you all the breakdowns. So we'll see how it works out long term. Um, uh, before I, I want to talk a little XFL, but before we get there, <laughs> are yeah, we? Because we can be in on the ground floor. We're actually going to transition to an XFL podcast. That's what are we do with our off season? All yeah, right, yep. And we're going to uh, be in the ground floor of that podcast. I again, love it. So look forward to it because we're going to make a lot of money. Uh, but before we get there, other notes on LSU. Yeah, hit me up with anything, man. Again, Rapid fire at you me. Know, doing a little uh, investigative research, I may have a lead that. I think their head is at maybe playing Tyler Shelvin and Apuika at the same time on the field in that four three, <laughs> having one at the three and one at the shade. And that sounds 
pretty hot to me. I know, and that's something we brought up. I think you know a week or two ago was yeah. like, I want. Can you do that? Like, how how do you get away with doing that? And what you what you've mentioned here, I think, is really interesting. Is that they? I think that's. I mean, they are two of the. I don't know, six best players on this defense. You want them both on the field, but it's just tough because you don't, you know, it's like you can have two nose guards off. And so if they think they can get away with that, and they both are more athletic, you know, they're huge guys. People assume they're not. They are pretty athletic. I'm interested to see if that could work. Well, Shelvin's athletic, especially. I mean, Ike is, but Shelvin, as he got better as you went on and, and, and like, it's funny to say slimmed down, but as he slimmed down a yeah. bit, he, he can be a three. Like, he could absolutely be a three. Also, I think they're kind of going to find some creative ways to use both those guys as well um other interesting th- agile yes yes they both are i mean yes apu oh sure. i mean shelvin i'm saying is more but apu is very athletic when well, he's so young give him another year i mean it took shelvin yeah. two years another year with point. tommy moffitt and the conditioning staff yeah and- exactly <laughs> uh so i thought that was that's interesting um they like tk mcclendon at defensive end. yes going and- into spring which is Intriguing. I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, I mean, that's somebody who, I mean, all season I would kind of ask, like, how's that been going with Parker and McClendon, you know, on defense? And because they both moved from being tight ends, as we were saying. And, uh, and I mean, it was like, oh, we think McClendon's going to be a star at outside linebacker, DN, whatever it is. Yeah. And, but he just needed a whole season to basically learn how to play that. So then to hear that, you know, what you've heard that, that they really think he might. I think be- he'll be the starter. From what I understand, I think he'll be the starter going into <laughs> spring. Now that's before like he's a good athlete. Ojolari and other guys get here. Uh, will him and Ojolari be competing for that same spot, or Ojolari? I'm interested in where they put Ojolari, but I mean, I think he, he's, guessing, a, he's a D end on one side or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as a freshman, I mean, something the most realistic thing if he is good at pass rushing is like a, you know, like a pass rush specialist like they use Brooks. I was gonna say, I, I feel like year. he'll probably be competing with Philip Webb as much as he's competing with Ojolari. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I mean, anyway, but TK McClendon, he's a little juice there, defensive end. Other names he might find interesting. He's six foot five, two sixty three. I mean, yeah. he's an athlete. Yes, you, you know. Speaking of just like interesting size, you know who they seem to really like. Tell me who they really like. Uh Cole Taylor. Everybody's talking about Eric Gilbert, and rightfully so. Yeah. Eric Gilbert's going to be a day one starter. I said it this morning, right? He's like. He's in a shoulder sling right now, and it won't matter. He's he's the man. But, yeah, this, like, six, six and a half kind of gangly white guy they got to play tight end. They, Colorado, yeah. Yeah, they said that. I've been hearing that he's surprisingly athletic. Well, the funny thing with him also. Classic white guy move, deceptively <laughs> yeah, athletic, I refuse to use say. that. It's like my favorite Daryl Morey rule, uh, the GM of the Rockets, is they have a rule in their organization that you can't, if you're going to make player comps, it has to be cross-racial. Uh, I okay. love that. So you can't be like Kevin Love reminds me a lot of Nick Collison or something like that. Like you just can't do that. You have. I love that actually. So no, no rules put in place for China takes though. For more, more, more moral and coming. You know, Daryl Morris. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm going to avoid that topic because we're trying to go international, man. Don't put us in that hot water. We're not getting in a land war in Asia, goddamn it, You Brody. did it. How many times are I going to say this? You started it. No, I'm not trying to appeal you, to our Chinese listeners. It. I'm not trying to appeal. Yeah, to, but I also don't want to go to war with them. Uh, okay, that's fair. That's yeah, jeez. They probably control a lot of the analytics uh, behind all I this. I feel thing. confident. They could skew our numbers. All of a sudden, our sponsors are going to bail. All right, look, <laughs> shout out everyone, including you, China. Big China guy. Um, uh, I'm not going that far. Brody said that, not me. <laughs> not me. Coward. Um, <laughs> anyway, no, no. So Cole Taylor, the funny thing with him is like, because obviously the Eric Gilbert signing was actually a surprise, right? Like that wasn't – LSU surprise. was never like, man, we okay, we're banking on Gilbert. That yeah. was a huge surprise. But before that happened, 
they, I mean, they were high on Cole Taylor being one of their tight ends of the future. He was a three-star and all that, but I know John DeCoster really liked him. He's obviously at Old Dominion now, but he was the tight ends coach and the recruiter. They really think he's actually like a versatile blocker slash receiver. So it is funny that he's now, once they got Gilbert, he became just like yesterday's news and this kind of no-name guy, and he's one of the lowest-ranked guys in the class. But that's another thing. That, it's good to hear that you've it's got good to hear. Well, updated well, information on. Especially because he's already here, right? Cole Taylor? I don't know. I'm looking up early enrollees right now. The only reason I'm saying that because I don't think they'd be talking about how happy they are with him if they Touché. weren't getting eyes on him, right? <laughs> would you like me to just list the seven early enrollees so I we know for future reference? would love it. I love when we team up like this. Eric Gilbert, Elias Ricks, both have shoulder operations as said on your show this so morning. So Claire. <laughs> ah. Sorry, continue. <laughs> Jordan Tolles, BJ Ojolari, Max Johnson, Ollie Gay, TJ Finley. So no. So Cole. I said I cared, and then I didn't listen. So Cole Taylor was in that. No, nope. he was in that group. He was not. Oh, he's not in that group. He's not early and early. Oh, huh. I wonder why they're so high on him. I was going to say he was going to have a chance in spring to maybe uh, earn some playing time, but I guess not. Wait, he is an early and early. Twenty four seven sports just doesn't have it. I should also know this. That's part of my job. Through two. Now he just threw Shea under the bus like that. Yeah, I could work. I could work with Shea. Damn, dude. No one wants to go with War Shea. Shea has more power than any of us. Damn, son. Emily's going to be beating your ass, son. Gone, man. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Cole Taylor is there. Okay, expert. so that makes sense. All right. So, <laughs> then my point stands. He will have a good opportunity to make some movement here early on when he doesn't have, like, the specter of Eric Gilbert hanging over him. Now, yeah. if he is really good. Because one thing. I would love to see if they go 12 personnel. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Last year, because we, we made a lot about last year, they had the Fab Five, 11 personnel is all you needed. And. And it's great when you don't have to. If you're trying to go tempo stuff, it's yeah. great when you don't have to change personnel. It gives you a big advantage over the defense. But if you're just trying to use the pieces that you have and get creative, yeah. if Eric Gilbert's going to be such a mismatch, who's going to, like, okay, if you're going to guard him, who's going to D up the six, five and a half, like, uh, other tight end if he's if he's solid? I know. I think people get stuck in this thing sometimes of, like, you hear 12 personnel and you two tight ends and you think, like, oh, that means they're going slower. Creative coaching isn't about having one thing you do and that's just like, oh, LSU's an 11 personnel team. It's about where's the most talent on your roster, how can you get the most out of it. If Cole Taylor and Eric Gilbert are the athletes that were, that are suggested – they're mismatch problems. So then yes. what Steve Ensminger has talked about two years from a year ago, and he's stuck with the whole time, is that the key, I think, in reality of, to modern offense, which LSU's 11 personnel last year was best set for, is being able to use one personnel group yeah. to do a lot of different things. So that means if you, so if LSU can go 12 personnel, so have your two tight end sets, but also go five wide with it, like you have options with you it. You can do a lot with 12 personnel. <laughs> yes, if it's that those kind of athletes. Yeah. So if you can do that, oh, because then your, your run game gets better, you would assume if you have all of a sudden you have seven blockers you trust there and you have more receivers you trust. I mean, that's not, yeah, that would be fantastic. Um, yeah, and, and you know, I just can't help think about my personal favorite tight end combo, which is Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. And, yeah, no, it's one, it's probably the best ever. And I don't think that either of these guys, to my knowledge, has ever shot anybody. So Haven't they're heard, already no. one step up on Gronk and Hernandez in that department. What's their party situation, though? Because you got to go compare it to Gronk. Uh, hmm. Colorado, man. Uh, they have fun in Colorado. Colorado that's more like, of a mellow party. White guy. They like to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's more of like, that's, you're not getting it. in trouble if you're from Colorado. I can see it. You're like, hey, do you want to chill in my dorm? And oh, you're take... talking about weed. Oh. Yeah, or maybe just like a banjo and. I get it. A little devil's lettuce. Marijuana pot drugs. Wait, a banjo? 
For Colorado? I was thinking more ukulele, maybe, or just acoustic, acoustic guitar. guitar? Yeah, yeah, just an acoustic guitar. It could be any, banjo's are, very regional. Uh, I think hipsters will use a banjo or a ukulele. Okay, that's, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Hipsters, I'm thinking more hipster. Hipsters have thrown a wrench into it. That is. That I was going to say, anything's on the table. It's like, yeah. is that a maraca? Oh. Uh, not to brag, I'm something of a guitar player myself. Um, When's the last time you played? Uh, actually, a lot lately. Uh, so I finally I've, I've picked it back up. Um, I've been learning some medieval songs. Uh, so the reason why way I cooler it, than that. I'm like, the, the, the reason, yeah, I've been playing some Clapton. <laughs> no, the reason why I picked it back up. Oh no! And then I learned the I learned this song, uh, which is from this video game I'm playing Outer Wilds, which is a great little acoustic jam. But the reason why I picked it back up is in a new Dungeons and Dragons show we're doing. Uh, I am playing a halfling bard. And so to fully role play, Ooh. I have to feel one with my instrument again. And I've had this guitar. It's it two weeks in a row we've talked perfect. about your, your commitment to acting. I appreciate uh, that. I know. Well, you know, I'm committed. <laughs> this is kind of how it works. Um, but but I have this guitar. I've had it since I was 10 years old, which is kind of cool now. I thought about it. Turned 31 and so I'm like, man, I've had this thing with me for 21 years. But it's kind of wow. like this great, like, almost elf-like, uh, like, like, like leaves on it and this scroll work. And it really looks... Like a fantasy guitar, so I'm, I'm fully back right. in it, dude. I'm loving it. Well, I, I'm also, but, but this is how I go. I go, I go, I, I burn hot and passionately for something for a little bit, yeah, and then I bail, and then I circle back around to it maybe a year later too. Like, but I used to fight that or think that was a character flaw. I'm done fighting it. I know myself. I just go wherever my brain's taking me, and, and right now I, I love to play it. guitar and read about D and D, and so that's what I'm doing. So right now I'm also trying to get in character a little bit because Mardi Gras coming up. Yeah, who do I want to be? You know, who do I want to? What character do I want to like, be? What Mardi Gras archetype do you want to well, be? Well, that too, because for example, this weekend I was a claw guy. I walked around with the <laughs> walked around with a backpack full of claws. I was the man with the cans. I was cool with claws until I found the social media account so Friday Beers. Oh, I don't want to know about it. Have you seen? I don't Friday want to know beers. about it. No. <laughs> Here's the Bro, thing. I've actually, Friday Beers is going to get you hyped. Confession: I had my first Friday white beers. claw ever two weeks ago. Ever. Okay, so you're fresh to it. And I know it's become part of bro culture, which I don't like because it used to be like looked as girly, and now it's broy, and it's tough. I don't like that. Hell of a marketing job by White Claw. Yeah, well played. Ain't no loss. <laughs> and, exactly. But I I love them. They're great because obviously not much sugar, low calorie. They're light. They're just refreshing. You could drink them all day. They're great for. They're made for Mardi. I get like three or four in. And I'm like, I'm done. I get that, but it's been made for Mardi Gras for me so far. I'm having a great time, and I'm walking around with a big variety pack in my backpack. I'm like, who wants? To, I'm the man with the cans. Who wants a claw? You are right <laughs> on the edge of it not being cool anymore. Why? Um, well, because I feel like last summer was no laws drinking claws. But we're, I don't want to make my life choices based off is it cool or in fashion. I'm like, I'm enjoying drinking this. Yeah. And like you, when I decide I'm going to dive into a persona, yeah. I just dive in. That's fair. So this year, I'm just a claw guy. As, no, as long as you're being, as long as you're cool being judged as like the kind of like br- um, a bro. No, not a bro. Just as long as you're cool being judged as somebody who just hopped on the bandwagon, uh, like you did. Yeah. For sure, and I can live with that. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's a, you know, that's it's like matters. LSU was late jumping on the spread offense. They're still, <laughs> you're still happy they did it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, wow, point Brody. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but uh, when I brought up the character thing was actually, you know, you gotta you gotta have a big costume for you know the heart of Mardi Gras and whatnot, and you know, be trying to pick, figure out what I'm gonna be, what's my costume gotta, hey, gonna hey, be. Hey, you gotta have a big costume. That was more of a. Uh, that's more for crew to view. Get it? Yeah, of, there you go. I'm okay. becoming normal. Oh, guys. look at this guy. <laughs> Damn, it's almost like you date a New Orleans real estate person. Chill. But I was going to say is we're trying to figure out a costume, and right now we're leaning toward we're going to be Mardi Gras Bee Gees. 
So we're going to basically dress like Barry and Robin Gibb. And I don't really know what the Bee Gees look like off the top of my head here. Okay, sorry. You ever seen the Jimmy Fallon, Justin Timberlake sketch of like the Barry Gibb talk show? No, uh-uh. Yeah, catch uh-uh. up on your culture. Uh-uh. It's like an all-time. Jeez. That's my. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not down. I'm not down. But I'm basically, down. we're gonna dress like the Bee Gees. All right. But Mardi Gras the crap out of it, and just you know, like a lot of you know colors on there. I agree. She wants to be Barry, which means she wants to wear the facial hair. I don't know how I feel about that, but yeah, I think we're gonna be like kind of a Bee Gees look. I'm. I know, and I wish I. I wish I could follow you here and have. Are you some not googling sort of it? Comment. I'm trying to Google the Bee Gees here. B e e g e. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay, thank you. I you even admitted you're not spell. a music guy. No, no, no. But there's three Bee Gees. Do you need a third guy? Yeah, but it's all about Barry and Robin. Let's be real. Uh, you can be the third guy. You want to be the third guy? Okay, so who's rocking the long red locks? That is a beautiful <laughs> head of hair. He's. That's got. the thing. So that's Robin, and I assumed I'd be Barry because I'm a man and can theoretically grow a little bit of facial yeah. hair. But she's like, I want to wear a fake beard, and I'm like, okay. I always love it. It, it always gets cool points in my book when you have a woman who's willing to go like she she kind di- of aggressively she wants to dive into the weird more and, than anybody yes, I've ever yes, met. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> in, in their Halloween costume, like one of my favorite wife's costumes, couples costumes that we did, we bought little kid Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker costumes. Uh, which, first off, I was a fat guy in a little kid's Luke Skywalker costume, which is hilarious. It was way too small. Uh, but then she. Do you think your parents were But then it also looked like I was having sex with an 11 year old boy because she had on a full Darth Vader costume. And when you can't see her hair or anything, it just looks like a young kid that I was hanging out with. And I thought that was hilarious. I'm out there grinding on this like 12 year old boy in a Darth Vader costume. It was, it was great. It was great. So I'm, I'm, I'm down. For people to lean into weird <laughs> instead of sexy during uh, during yes. Halloween. She's a big believer in that. Yeah. Nice. So right. we're only a few months away. Glad you already. Oh, wait, this is for Mardi Gras. This is for Mardi Gras. Yeah, it's been my two bad. weeks, yeah, man. Yeah, Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You going to any balls? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, good, because you don't have any. <laughs> oh, 2020. You still think that's a good point? You think that's funny? T Bob got him. Are you the guy who you someone says, like, I went on a date last night and you're like, what's his name? Are you that guy? <laughs> like 2020 and still think it's generic. hard I laughed, obviously. <laughs> yeah. It's 2020. Like, that's not a creative yes, joke anymore. It's yeah. a boring joke. Yeah. If, if you were gay, I'd say, what's her name? And it'd be, it'd be funny too. That, okay. Well, that's funny. I would laugh at that. <laughs> that's a good joke. Um, <laughs> what's his name is funny. Come on, so there's a little yeah. It's so, just uncreative. Yeah, I yeah, laugh yeah. at creative humor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I, okay. Sorry, like, sorry, Mister Gatekeeper of what creative or not. Okay, I'm a gatekeeper of my own humor. Please submit your jokes ahead of time to Brody. He can let you know if they're funny or not. Um, wow, jeez, nailed it. Uh, okay, so what what else did I have in the docket today? I want to talk about? I want to talk about just a little bit. Uh, you watching the XFL this weekend? I did a little bit. Yeah. Huh? I'm a fan. Have you adopted a team? I'm working on it, actually. I know you're Battlehawks guy. <laughs> the problem is... So, okay, I never asked you this, and I haven't listened here's to... Here's where you fucked up, though, bro. You gotta be on day one, I know. Now you're a bandwagon. Unless think... you join a shitty team. Like, unless you join the Vipers, you're a bandwagon fan now. Is Vipers... You can't join, you can't join anybody that won week one. Is Vipers Tampa or LA? Tampa. So, Mark Trustman? Yeah, and Jerry Glanville's to DC. Yeah, that's fun. I could do that. But they're terrible. They looked... Terrible. They yeah, they uh, looked terrible on Sunday. So my gut was telling me DC, which is a super fun. Ah, see, that's a that's problem. a fun they one. Look, they got Cardale Jones. They played in the MLS exactly. Stadium. I didn't it pick them. So be- good. So I put I put a lot. Of, I've been thinking about this for literally a month. It's like I've been because then you're like, oh wow, everyone's okay. Gonna then maybe you can still get on. Everybody's going to join the Cardale team because everyone loves him for whatever reason. Like that feels like a beat choice. But I actually, kind of like 
you know, the Pep Hamilton is the head coach. Like, I just kind of like that vibe. Beyond, see, I didn't even find that attracted to Cardale. I just thought that they're a cool looking team. Playing in an MLS stadium, played everybody. That was one of my big takeaways. If you played in a big stadium, you're fucking up. You need to get to a smaller stadium. Agreed, hundred percent. Uh, it just the vibes <laughs> look so much of it. Like DC looked like maybe the most fun team uh, this they weekend. Did. So the question I want to ask you though is because I haven't listened to you talk about it much. Is that why did you set on the Battle Hawks? I mean, bro, have you seen the logo? So that's why. It's okay, no, righteous, it's good. that's fine. So a righteous set of wings with a sick ass sword it, in the middle. It's a good logo. I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, so it looks like Gondor. Like it looks like some sort of <laughs> Gondorian iconography. All right, so this comes from your your fantasy Little, love. Yes, one. that's fair. But. Where it goes deeper is tell me where uh, it goes deeper. W- uh, I when I tried to make the NFL, I played with the Rams, so I was in St. Louis up until final cuts, about four months there. Okay, um, so I got love for St. Louis football in that way, and I think that St. Louis is really good sports fans, and I think they got fucked over by the Rams. Ooh, moving to you're LA. talking me into this, but I don't want to be. And then I'd so be really now, on the bandwagon. There's only one show in town: the Houston Roughnecks. They got the Texans. They don't really care about the Roughnecks, even though shout out June Jones came on the show this morning. The Dallas really? Renegades. Yeah, they got. That's awesome. I well, he, he used to coach my old man, so I had some inroads. Oh, cool, cool, I had cool. Some inroads right. to, That's awesome. uh, to get in June on the show, but um, but yeah, I asked about Glanville's double headset, and he had the explanation. Actually, he talked to Jerry about it. It was just that one of the headsets broke. I I, uh, don't, I don't understand why Jerry kept it on. Maybe it was for the mic. You but, like maybe like the weight of it. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, but but anyway. So I like June Jones, but uh, the the Roughnecks got to compete with the Texans. The Renegades got to compete with the Cowboys. Uh, DC's got to compete with Washington, their NFL team. Uh, up in the Northeast, you got New York and everything going on there. St. Louis, you got the Cards, you got the Blues, and now you got the the Battle like Hawks, it. baby. Also, their head coach is Jonathan Hayes. I'm a lifelong Bengals fan. He was the tight ends coach for 15 years in Cincinnati. And guess what else? What? Who's Jonathan Hayes' son, you bitch? I don't know. Jackson Hayes. Oh, really? Yes, there's hyper-athletic wow. rookie phenom for That's the Pelicans. Hilarious. Yes, let's now, go. Now, question for you. Who did Jonathan Hayes beat on Sunday? Bob Stoops. Who gave Jonathan Hayes his first major coaching job? Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops at Oklahoma. The pupil has become the master. Who was shotgunning Bud Light Seltzers after their road victory, only road team to win the XFL Week 1? Nick Fitzgerald was shotgunning Bud Light Seltzers in Is the locker Louis? room. Yes. What's he playing? He's the backup. He's third string. Uh, now Jordan Taamu is our starting you, quarterback. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about if you're like for the defenders? How do you think an offensive player feels playing for the defenders? It slided. I mean, just, without a doubt, it's just this chip on their shoulder thing at all times. Speaking like, of every mission touchdown, state, yes. Every touchdown you score, and like, huh huh. Speaking of mission statements, they've they've already established it right there in the mascot name. Uh, the names are all right. The names, uh, it's kind of funny. I swear to God, I don't know if anybody else remembers. Uh, I mean, of course, other people remember these games, but you know, like the old ES, uh, the old NFL 2K games. Now yes. they peaked with ESPN football, which was NFL 2K5. That was a masterpiece. They sold it for twenty dollars. It was just a. <laughs> it was my favorite football game of all time. Same. Those creative teams, though, I swear to God. The same Vipers logo from the 2K created team is the Vipers logo that is being used here. I, I, me, me and my little brother and his friend Julian, we used to always have fake leagues that we make up of entire teams. We play out years and years stuff. Yeah. Like I remember being younger and I got pissed at them one day and I decided I was retiring from our basketball league and I held a press conference and I started crying during it. Like it was some serious shit. Yeah, yeah. And I squared off with the Philadelphia Vipers a lot. And I swear it was that logo. 
Uh, but but I miss that game, man. It was a great game. And like 2K when it came out on the Dreamcast, Randy Moss on the cover. Yep. Randy Moss was a 99 back in the day when nobody else was. 2K on the Dreamcast was a uh, was a was a masterpiece. Also, College Hoops 2K8 was actually I think the greatest sports game ever made. It was the first game that ever mm. had a full in depth coaching carousel. It was so ahead of its time. It had recruiting. I believe it. Or, or, it you're selling me. I should. Say. It had it had recruiting all the way down to freshman year. So like freshman year, you can only make phone calls. Sophomore year, only, like, you like start scouting them and whatnot. And like it is a full four year fledged recruiting cycle. And there's actually like I said, a, a full off season coaching carousel with like assistant coaches. And this guy took this job. It was the first video game to ever implement that. So the career mode was the most fun thing ever. Is that you could start as like the head coach at like Valpo and work your way up. And it was like that was brand new for a sports game. The gameplay like this is two K eight college hoops two K eight college hoops. I don't think college football put that in until like 13. Yeah. I mean, no, I think it was, the gameplay, like, obviously it looks old school now, but it doesn't even, it's not, like, completely unplayable now, but you can also, it works like, no, honestly, here's what it is. Call of Tubes 2K8 plays like a sim. You could play that without playing a single game and just play it like a sim. Yeah, you mean like, you mean like, so out, like, like out of the park baseball. like a coaching sim game. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, or like football manager. That, <laughs> football manager is probably the best one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, that's why I think that that's game holds cool. up. That's pretty cool. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I bet you there's an internet subculture around the game that oh, I don't there even realize. Fully is, yes. That's, I, I, I love my only copy scratched. Now it's impossible to find, so I'm really sad. I love little hidden corners of the internet. Um, By the way, also love. <coughs> go on, sorry, I'm the worst. Oh, uh, oh, fuck. Now I want to watch this. You go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought I muted my mic. I'm so learning my way around this new court. <laughs> what is going on? All right, all right. Question for you. All right. You muted. I did mute my mic. Okay. Okay. So I'm still figuring out my way around. So my question for you is, which XFL team do you think I am? Like, which one would you just like on your read of me? Do I fit? I think you have a lot of hipster tendencies. You're the worst. And I think that the defenders. There's a lot of hipster synergy with the defenders because they're in DC. They play in the smaller stadium. Um, Hmm. Hmm, I don't really get a Vipers vibe from you. I don't give a shit about the Defenders. They're just so blah for some reason to Who? me. The Defenders, the New York team. Oh, no, or Guardians. the Guardians. 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 Sorry, They're pretty me. blah. It's just like they, they had a good game, too, but I just don't like I just don't. They're I don't not know. much they, bringing me in there. No, Kevin no, Kevin no. Gilbride ain't like, psyching me up. I don't get Texas vibes from you. See, yeah, I mean, I think your Battle Hawks. I think your Battle Hawks are probably or Defenders. Am. Yeah. All right. Can I get one more week on it? Yeah. Well, I mean, bro, I mean. Be careful. I know, so I'm asking. I'm asking your opinion. I'm saying this train is leaving the station. Do you think I need to decide by Thursday, or do you think I need? I have one more week? I don't want to apply false pressure here, but I think that it's in your best interest to decide by Thursday. But you know what scares me is that Battlehawks has become like the thing that like several p- media people have gotten into. That is true. Into. So you, me— I will then be on a bandwagon, yeah, and that sucks. Cause me, but it would be fun to be in it with you. I would love that. Bunky Perkins yep. and Celebrity Hot Tub Ryan Nanny, we've already established ourselves as the first you have. Battle Hugs triumvirate. Sound like that weird guy like covers LSU for like and just like kind of is like jumping out of your coattails. Exactly. No, I mean that's but okay, but that's gonna get exacerbated if you wait because we're going on the road again this week. We're going on the road again this week, this time to Houston. The Roughnecks look better than anybody we're week all one. going. We're going on the road, and we're going to take him down, and we're going to win. Not, not. We're not going to be one and zero on the road. We're going to be two and zero on the road. Maybe I should look at it like a 
like a pyramid scheme situation where like right now I'm paying to you to be a fan. Yeah. But you know, like, but eventually there's going to be new fans that come in under me and they report to me and eventually I'll actually be one of the higher ups at the, the, the well, that is true. If you, if you, if you play out the timeline long enough, then one to two weeks isn't going to matter. But while the focus is intense here, year one, I think a quicker decision will. I just like the idea you. of like being with you on this and like, you know, we're a Battlehawks fan. Yeah, I kind of like we, it too. We have our kids together in Battlehawks yes. jerseys and all that. That'd I be mean, fun. how good did that t-shirt look that I got? I didn't see it. Oh, I've been tweeting it like constantly. I got it on Bad Saturday. Time to tell you you're muted. Before, oh wow, wow! I'm just bitch. kidding. I saw the Denmark tweet. Son of a bitch. Uh, what else was I gonna say? I had something else on the Hawks, real quick. Um, mm. Yeah, I wish there was a way for analytics. To oh no, how long people listen. So, so I, so I told, so I told somebody that I'm the biggest. Battlehogs fan that's ever existed. You know, I'm just like day one. I'm yeah. just a diehard. They asked me to name three players on the roster. Well, I got I watched an entire game Sunday, and I still could only name Jordan Tamu and Nick Fitzgerald. <laughs> the Jonathan Hayes, the head coach. Oh no, 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 I know three. Taylor Russolino is the kicker, and he's from the North Shore here in Louisiana, yeah. and uh, I know him. I'm trying to see from who somewhere else, who else is out there. We need to give some love to. Who's Taylor Heineke? He sounds, is he the Old Dominion quarterback who had like a one start in the NFL? Did you just ask me, is he the Old Dominion quarterback? No, he, got a, start, me to know. he got a start in the NFL, damn it. No, I don't know who Taylor Heineke is. Yeah, he was is. a backup for the Vikings, Texans, and Panthers. Okay, there you go. Look at that. We got NFL talent all over the He's your third-string quarterback. Christine Michaels on the team? Remember him and the Seahawks back for a oh, long wait, time? Wait, hold on. I'm an idiot. Wait, really? We got Christine Michaels? Yeah, he, was good, dude. he was good for the Seahawks. Uh, I have, hold on. I have the depth charts here. They tweeted him out the I, other I'm looking day. at it right now. Okay, so actually they got Nick Fitzgerald third on this game day depth chart. Oh, damn, we got Christine Michael. Let's go. Uh, I don't recognize anybody else on this nope, offense. No, so. not a single name. Um, not on defense either. Um, hmm, All right, well, we're going to know him soon. Yeah, wow. Wait, is Marquette King? Yes, that's our punter. That's right. We that's got Marquette King. Guy, right? Yes, yeah. all pro. He had the best. He had an incredible punt. Uh, yeah. He put the work in. Yeah. That's what the Battlehawks do. Yeah. Go Battle Hawks. Flap, 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 flap. All right, I'll, I'll flap, announce my decision flap, Thursday. Flap, flap, All right. All right. Let's make the right choice, bro. By the way, did you see that the XFL has already got 20 times more gambling action than the AAF ever did? So, okay, so this is an actual— I think that's going to be so huge. Th- this is an actual real point on the XFL is that— the quality of football is still pretty shit, but like we watch it's like fine. Mac I'm and happy stuff. With it. I watch Mac a lot. That's what I'm saying, right? Like we'll watch. It's better than like mid-level college football, or will be better, even if it's maybe not here yeah, out the yeah, gate. Hundred yeah. percent. Um, and so that's okay. To me, this is such a case study in the importance of production value, because that's the big difference with something like the AAF. Yep. Like, yeah, the infrastructure is different, but but ESP. So. They have thrown a ton of money behind this thing. ESPN's thrown a ton of talent behind this thing. I hate saying talent. I should say on-air personalities. But some of their, like, young, you know, it's like Mina Kimes and, like, Mike Gold oh, yeah. Jr. They're Cole. putting real people it's on It's like, it, yeah. you know, they got their SEC. They, they got, like, Lugan the kind Bill. of the young football minds. And then, like, yeah, and then your SEC networks, like your Lugan Bills, your Tom Hartz. So so you got you got great on-air personalities I like on the idea it. of Steve Levy being the voice of it. Yes. Yeah, I love Steve Levy. Big Steve Levy Super, guy. super likable. Yeah. 
Uh, and 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 so you combine that with just the the production value of like letting us listen to the replays and interviewing people immediately after they fuck up, which is hilarious. Yeah, it's kind of like a dystopian like fake sports future where like it's it really like, is, which I which I love. It's like they were trying to plot like what would it look if someone was making a futuristic movie, what would be in it? Yes, exactly. Like, let's do it. And so and then the, the little kickoff wrinkles. That's a genius idea. Um and 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 while we're on rule changes, if if you don't go for two, you're a fucking loser in the XFL. If you are going for one from the two-yard line, first off, the XFL provided the coaches with numbers that show that analytically there it's it, it behooves them to go for two from the five. I don't know how the numbers worked out. I just read oh, no, that. Oh, no, no. There have been econo- like economists who have done massive studies in the NFL. Well, I, I know in the NFL going for two, yes, the point expectancy is technically higher than going for one. Yeah. Uh, but that is both from the two-yard line, right? So I, I know that percentages change when you go to the five. But the, but whatever, the XFL provided them information, says mathematically it makes sense to go for two. And I still got – I love you, Jonathan Hayes, but you're running the ball from the two for one point. It's, the, it's the XFL, bro. What the it's fuck are we look. doing? Now, Are you a coward? You, am I wrong? Can't you go for three, too? Yeah, from the ten. Which, Has anyone done it yet? No, but if you're actually getting into things – because if you think about football, it's such a well-balanced game that, like, Wow, Suddenly, fun, if, you're, if you're changing the ability to get a whole extra point, the impact of that is fucking massive. Well, and I think the fundamental reason why that will be exciting is that suddenly a one-score game changes its definition. Yes. So right. now you're, it used to be if you're, you have to be down 18 from Peru, and suddenly you're down 9, you're in a game. That's yeah. huge. How about this? You're down 12. Now you just need a touchdown, a three-pointer, and then you, get, then you set yourself up for a field goal. And, and, yeah, How about this? You're down 15. Whoa. Touchdown, three-pointer. All you need is a touchdown. Huh? How about that? Huge. How about you're down 18, two touchdowns gets you there now? Huh? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. What about 27? And the gambling ramifications are going to be fantastic. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. But no, I firmly believe it's going to work because (laughs) I think last year, despite all the flaws of it, and I recommend reading the ESPN, the magazine uh, story last summer that basically dove into why the AAF failed and all the mistakes they made, but... There was interest. Like people were watching. There, were, the ratings were pretty solid. There was some serious interest in the AAF, but they just made terrible financial decisions. They borrowed a lot of money they couldn't pay back. They just screwed up in so many ways. The production ways. value wasn't even close. They rushed. Either. They it rushed. Was, it was shit. The production value was complete. But shit. I, but I, can, my my takeaway from it was there's interest here. So now you have XFL that one has learned from this before. Two has their own financial backing, so they don't need to borrow money. Two, three, they took a long time to actually plan this and get it right. And like you said, it just seems like the product is actually solid. I think the market's there. It's never. It's not going to be the USFL where it's actually trying to compete. But I think like it will be a. It will work. I think. Yeah, it know it knows itself, and yeah. and and I think. I mean, obviously, the AAF had a massive drop off from week one to week two. I don't think that's going to be the case because people in like because the football games people were talking about weren't it. actually good last weekend. They people. really weren't, but it was still fun to watch yeah. because it had all these new ways of presenting football to you. So. It's 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 a case study in production value, and I was a hater when the XFL was announced. I was a hater. Like, I have been doubting this thing from the jump, and I think I'm wrong. I, I think the XFL is actually going to be fun. And, I, and, you know, this all started as an on-air bit, choosing teams and, you know, being this big Battlehawks fan, but now I'm kind of into it. I'm, I, know, wanna, I want. I'm not to be enjoying this thing. Ironically, I'm kind of. I'm actually having like legit fun with it. Like I, I'm excited to watch my Battlehawks go up against the Roughnecks this weekend. It's big. Yeah. Saturday or Sunday? Uh, I don't know yet. 
I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, bro. I can only name like I four also players. love that format. I love that it's kind of like a NFL divisional playoff format of like two games each day. Yeah. And uh, it's not overwhelming. It's so intimate. Only eight teams. So you right. really know, like, you can really, you can get some juice. You can get some stories. Now they're going to try to. Some investment. If it succeeds, though, they're going to try to expand, right? No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. For well, sure. What cities do you think would get it? A lot of people say New Orleans. The thing is, no. every league wants to be in New Orleans, so that would be cool. But like, does New would people act like it would be a guaranteed home run? I'm not sure that New Orleans people would actually show up. I'm, I'm a, I just, I, I guess I just get so dis like disappointed in Pelicans attendance. And granted, the Pelicans always haven't put the best product out there, but this is still you have two professional teams in the city, yeah. and if the Pelicans can't even get good consistent attendance, can the AF? Maybe we're that Maybe. football crazy that they could. I think Portland would be fun because Portland is a history of like hipsters will flock to this thing. Well, they're Portland, the, yes. they're the number one soccer fan base yes. because they love that. Yes. Now, Portland but then you will, might be competing there, so maybe you don't want that. But Portland be fun. Uh, well, Memphis was great, but I wonder if like I wonder if they're avoiding AAF cities a little bit. You know what I mean? Memphis, Me- they were the showboats back in the USFL days. Yeah, Memphis is a great one. Um, you know, Oklahoma City. That's a fantastic. One. I mean, they would go crazy for a uh, for a. That's uh, a really XFL good call. Team. That'd be a good one. Maybe you mix in. Like, Thank you, Point T Bob. You have a lot of great points. T-Bob. So I win. Why do you win? I win the Scott Linehan debate on a cumulative point scale. I just won. Okay. Yep. Oklahoma City was the final piece of the puzzle. Some dumb you just can't argue. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. How are you even going to debate that? You can't. Like, there's no direction. Like, I was doing so much mental gymnastics for a second there, and I got mad at myself. I'm like, why am I trying to make sense of this? <laughs> there's no direction you can take that, just like there's no direction we can take this, except to tell you goodbye, yeah. and we will see you next week. It's been a ton of fun. I don't know if the XFL talk's going to become a regular thing, but it is kind of the football Give hotness feedback, right now. Though. Let us know yeah, what you think. Yeah, Because it is going to be a weird offseason. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, you know, we can force – I never want to force – like, I want to force LSU conversation to an extent, but like even last week with talk, the recruiting, right? Last week with the recruiting. We kind of talked just to talk yes, about that. Yes, yes. And, and I, regret, I regret it. I apologize to our listeners if you're somehow still here. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I don't apologize to y'all because, you know, fuck you, but, oh, wow, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that. Except I got, China. I got so aggressive. No, 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 except Scandinavia and then except Western to Eastern Europe. Um, so just thank you for listening, for real though. If you are listening, <laughs> and you, uh, Western, you, said? <laughs> <laughs> you mean you're? I don't know. No, no, no. Because our plan, you said, was first to expand to Western Europe, and then well, I don't want to fight a, a war on two fronts, like you said. So first, I want to go to Western Europe, take over there, and once we're in those top, well, we're currently in Northern. Yeah, yeah. Well, then exactly. Then we're gonna go west. Then we're gonna go east, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is the Hold Up Podcast podcast. Thank you, everyone. Go to The Athletic and subscribe and buy your meats at Bear Specialty Meats. And what you're hearing there is Brody putting down his I mic it before down. it's turned off. I didn't off. put yeah, it down. Yeah, yeah. All right. Y'all have a great day. And uh, we will see you next week. Uh, and as always, look, rate, review, share with your friends if you feel so inclined. Have a great day. Lady y'all.